discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, she's never shied away from talking honestly and openly about the tough things in life and painting the picture of the hope that shines through. But the past year for Ellie Holcomb has featured more tough things than she could have imagined. A tornado touching down in her own neighborhood, a bombing in her beloved Nashville, and of course, a global pandemic. So how do we find the light in that much darkness? Ellie's brand new single, I Don't Want to Miss It, is her answer. The beautiful track highlights her upcoming brand new full album coming next month called Canyon. And it is just the absolute best to welcome back the gifted singer, songwriter and best-selling author Ellie Holcomb. Ellie, how's today looking so far, friend? It's looking great. It's sunny finally in Nashville. It's been raining here a lot. And so one thing I love about when it rains a lot is it makes you appreciate the sunshine when it comes, <laughs> comes out. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm grateful. Springtime. Oh, yes. It is a definite beautiful thing. And of course, uh, the word normal has been on our minds uh, for so much of the time. And <laughs> who knows what the word normal means after the past year and a half. But <laughs> are, you seeing, totally. are you seeing glimmers of normalcy returning to your life, Ellie? Yes. It, you know what it feels like, Ryan? It's the, I just finished reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe with my oh. kids. And I love that book so much. And you know, when Aslan comes back and the eternal winter starts beginning to melt, it's not overnight. That is what it feels like. Like there's been a few outdoor shows. There's been a few more gatherings than normal (laughs) outside and distance, you know, but it just is slowly feeling like this eternal winter that we've been in is is melting and I'm so grateful. I know there's still a lot of people around the world who are who are still very much like all the way quarantined and so I'm I'm thinking of them and then also being grateful for glimmers of hope. Mm. Well, the song I didn't want to miss it. There is this ear-catching opening that is sort of staccato and unexpected and just had me hooked right away. When you <laughs> When you've written as many great songs as you have, uh, how do you go about crafting a soundscape and, and making it new and fresh every time? I mean, I honestly don't know how you do it, but you do it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you that you love that. I, You know, I feel like somebody was asking me this the other day, and I love that question. Um, I do not have a scarcity mentality when it comes to creativity Um, because the whole world is inspiring and there's all of these different, I I got to write with a lot of other uh, new, really old friends, but new co-writers, if that makes any sense. Um, Artists who I love and respect and actually wrote, I don't want to miss it with my friend, Thad Cockrell. He's in a band called Leagues. He was just on Jimmy Fallon Mm. um, because Jimmy Fallon heard one of his songs and just loved it, brought him on the show. And uh, Dad was about to quit music and start making salsa. Um, <laughs> and then Jimmy Fallon had him on the show, like relaunched his whole career. He's this amazing artist. And so I would say, 
I just think um, there's like a constant source of inspiration with people, with stories, with creation, and then collaborating with new people. And and I love it. It just feels mm. fun to let new things out. But Thad did say when we started writing that specific part, he was like, okay, it's in you. Just let it out. Mm. And started singing that. And so I'm just, it's, I love that you're asking that. I just think when the input that we put into our own hearts and souls is good and varied and colorful, um, then that mixes around with your own story and, and with the Holy Spirit and, and the output is varied and colorful and um, and beautiful. So Man. I'm I'm really I'm really just delighted. And then sometimes you end up writing something too that you're like, oh, that already exists. Just kidding. Okay, we're <laughs> gonna switch that out a little bit. <laughs> so in in full disclosure, sometimes you write something and you're like, oh my gosh, that is epic. And then you're like, oh, that's the melody to Hey Jude with different words. Well, okay, we're going to, we'll back it up and change it. Oh, man. You might find yourself in a situation like the film Yesterday depicts. Did you see that film? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list, though. Just just pray about it. You know, if you have time, okay. just, just give it a prayer. <laughs> that's awesome. She is making her third appearance on the road today. We're so blessed to have the outstanding recording artist, best-selling author Ellie Holcomb with us today. She just released her single, I Don't Want to Miss It. It will appear on her upcoming album, Canyon, which is on the way June 25th. You said in talking about the heart of that song that I hope this song feels like an invitation to breathe in the love of God through every broken crack of your story. And Man, that is that is powerful stuff. Can you express uh, in a deeper way, perhaps, what you mean by that? Absolutely. Um, I kind of learned that breathing was a superpower this last year. Um, and the first line of the song is, "Your voice is a burning bush," which harkens back to that story in Exodus. And when 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 Moses asks. Who, by what name should I tell Pharaoh? He's, he needs to like set all these people free. Uh, it's Yahweh. God responds with Yahweh. And I, and that actually in Hebrew sounds like a breath when you say it in, in the Hebrew. And I mean, I just thought, man, so the God who puts breath in our lungs has, has designed his name to be such that just when all we can do is breathe, <laughs> which was a mm. lot of last year, probably for a lot of us. Yeah. We're literally saying the name of God. And what I've seen, I went on a, like a two year counseling journey, visiting some of the deepest wounds in my own story. Um, and really um, I had visited those in counseling before, but they were visits, like kind of acknowledgements, like, okay, that happened. That was hard. Let's talk through that. I had never let myself grieve or lament. And that I think when we don't let ourselves grieve and lament the things that break our hearts, um, it starts coming out sideways. And so I went on this, as I let myself go back and grieve some of the deepest wounds in my own story, I encountered the presence, the breath, the tenderness, the nearness, and the empathy of God in, in a palpable way. And what I realized is I was missing the power of the healing that he wanted to do in my story because I was so scared of, of going close to the pain again. And he's like, nope, I'm right here, even in your most painful places. And then 
that whole journey happened. And then 2020 hit, Ryan. I'm <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. And, and I visited the Grand Canyon when the numbers were low. But there were, so I, March 3rd, 2020, EF4 tornado tore behind our house, right behind our house. Devastation in our neighborhood. Scariest night of my life. Woke up to our house shaking in the middle of the night. And then a week after that, 2020, safer at home COVID restrictions happen. Then we follow with a year of very intense political racial tension. It feels like we're more divided than ever. Um, in some ways, even within the church, sometimes it's felt that way. And and so all of a sudden, I end up at, at the Grand Canyon in the middle of the pandemic when the numbers are low. We camped. And so we were like, we're going to be outside. This will be somewhat safe. And we went down into the Grand Canyon, camped on the riverbanks, rafted the river, and then rafted out. And um, when I was, our guide was explaining to us, you know, like, let me just tell you a story. These walls on either side of the canyon, they tell the story, and it's a story of disaster on disaster on disaster, landslide, mudslide, volcano, you know, like drought. And I just thought, this is what our hearts look like right now. Like, we are walking through a year of disaster upon disaster, loss upon loss, wound upon weary wound, and there's so much division. And I just, but there in the deepest place of that canyon, there was a river running through. And it was 110 degrees, about as hot as Hades, Ryan. Yes. <laughs> it was so hot. Don't recommend going to the Grand Canyon in August. But, um, but that river was 50 degrees. And so all of a sudden, I just started realizing this is what God has done in my own story showed up in my most deeply wounded places. It's not just for me. Like, I think my understanding of the gospel was like a raindrop. And it was so beautiful and so necessary, like relieving thirst. And God's like, no, no, Ellie, it's not a raindrop. It's the ocean. Mm. And so I wrote, I don't want to miss it because I... I I don't want to miss God's presence and his power and his healing and his nearness, whether that's the height, the mountaintop experiences full of joy, or whether it's the depths of my sorrow. And what I'm learning is uh, so many of the stories that I have to tell about how I've experienced God and how I know he's real really happen from encountering him in my deepest places of pain. And I believe that that's true for where we are globally. Um, he's like, this isn't just for you. This is, I'm, I'm this for everyone, Ellie. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so there's a current of love that runs deeper than our deepest sorrow, than our deepest ache, than our deepest longing. And that will carry us if, if we can breathe in those places of pain and, and kind of let go and trust that it's there. It will carry us when we can't carry on any longer. In Canyon, that gives its name to the title track and to the record itself. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know what? I just read an article the other day. It was like a national geographic maybe, but it talked about how a Canyon is an upside down mountain. Like, if you just even look at the shape of it, if you, like, flip it over, it's a mountain. I'm like, well, man, maybe it's in our most broken places 
that we can encounter the the power of what the cross and what the gospel really is the most. And then from that place, uh, go sing about it. <laughs> uh, that right there is the voice of our dear friend Ellie Holcomb on the road today, an outstanding recording artist, a best-selling author. She just released her single, I Don't Want to Miss It, and it will appear on her upcoming album, Canyon, which is on the way June 25th. You know, we've had you on a couple times before. It's been so much fun, and uh, really <laughs> you've told the story of an incredible journey of music and faith. One of the things that I, I think I maybe missed the first time is you actually have an English degree and a master's in education as well. Is that correct, first of all? That's true. That's true. So were you planning on being a teacher? And if so, how did music really reach into your story? I know it was there already, but how did it redirect you? Mm, I love that. Um, yeah, I always say that God has a sense of humor. I swore that I would never be a musician <laughs> or I'd never marry a musician. Uh-huh. And in college, everybody was always telling me that I should get together with my best guy friend, Drew Holcomb. And I swore I'd never do that either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, I don't swear that I'm not going to do things anymore. Um, but I, um, I, I loved teaching. I actually just was at an event. Uh, a socially distanced kind of event last night and saw one of my students who's launched his own business um, from, you know, almost 15 years ago, which is crazy. Um, But I would always sing in the classroom. I would sing, I would rap. Um, Music was very much a part of the way that I would teach almost everything, music and rhythm. And, um, And so I about two years into teaching, I thought I was going to be a teacher for the rest of my life. And I married Drew, who I didn't think I would marry, um, but I'm so glad that I did. (laughs) And he was gone. He was doing music and he was touring. And I'm like, see, this is why I don't want to marry a musician. You just leave all the time. And so, but he just said, you know, I, we were in a deer blind in Texas of all places. (laughs) My grandmother grew up on a ranch down there. And, um, that's sort of like a part of our family history and heritage at Thanksgiving. And Drew just said, I know you love teaching. I know you're so passionate about that. And I think you're an amazing teacher, but I just wonder if you would ever consider coming on the road with me just for a season. And so I think we thought, um, I remember a friend of mine, I was trying to make the decision about it. It was a scary decision at the time. We didn't, you know, we were just starting music career-wise. I was our, like, consistent paycheck in it and our health insurance. Of course, of (laughs) course. And so it was such a scary decision to leave that sense of stability and a job that I loved and felt passionate about and called to. Um, But my friend, I remember my friend telling me, you know, like, what – like, I, cause I was like, what's God's will? How do I figure this out? Hmm. You know? And she was like, well, I think that you can actually do what God's called you to, whether you're in a classroom or on the road with your husband, like it's love him, love other people, love your neighbors. Like you can do that in either place. What does your heart want to do? And I, and I just loved that perspective. Hmm. And I think there was a part of me that just wondered I think I'm going to wonder what that would have been like if I don't just try it. And so it was scary. It was, it felt crazy um, to do, but I am so glad I didn't let 
fear keep me from, you know, this whole other, I just had no idea. Mm -hmm. 15 years later, I told my principal, I was like, look, I'm going to go tour with my husband for a year. If you will consider rehiring me in a year, I know I'm going to be broke and probably (laughs) needed to come back to teaching again. (laughs) And so... Um, it has been such, it's been such a beautiful thing. Music's been there all along. Um, and so ultimately I think I left just so I could actually be closer to my husband and, and get to be on the road with him. And then it's turned into this whole other, I never knew I was going to make my own music at that point. I just thought I would always be in his band. And so God just had so many other plans that I couldn't imagine or dream up. Um, and I'm feel grateful for all of it. You know, you brought up fear as a part of that response and facing our fears. And you've talked about one of the purposes of this music is telling stories about how God calls us beyond fear. Yeah. And I just, (laughs) there are, are so many fears that so many of us are facing maybe for many of us more than ever over the past, you know, 12, 15 months, when God has met you and sustained you in your fears, what does that look like for you? And how does that show up in this music? Yeah, man, what a powerful question and timely, right? I just was texting with a friend who was like, I don't even know. We're doing like a small gathering for my husband's birthday outside. Um, and most of our people around us have, have been vaccinated at this point, <laughs> not everybody and not everybody will, but I, it, she was just like, I am having so much fear about coming and even being in a, a gathering yeah. again. Like I haven't done that in a year and a half, you know, <laughs> like, so it is, it is a, it's a timely thing to, to think about and timely stories to tell. I think for me, uh, I, I think of this story that um, my mom tells of a pastor. She was walking through a long, a long uh, season of hard things and was very scared of what some of the outcomes would be. And so the pastor was like, De- Debbie, will you just, what's the worst thing that could happen? Name it. And so she like kind of laid out that scenario and he goes, okay, if that happens, would God still love you? And she's like, yeah. And he said, okay. And if this worst case scenario still happens, would you still love God? And she's like, I think ultimately, and I think I would have questions, but I I do think ultimately I would. He was like, you are going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that in having visited so many hard things, having walked through such a hard year, um, I was a part of a bridge builder group this year that really leans into the this call that I think that we all are privileged to lean into of of racial reconciliation. There's a call in the, in the Bible over and over again to unity, um, and so I leaned into the the hard parts. There's so I mean I've lamented and grieved more this this past two years than ever in my life, and and yet as I've done that. I think what it's done is given me, it's expanded my heart for the love of God to fill in all the cracks, to fill in all the spaces, to fill in uh, the dreams that didn't come true with his love and his presence. 
and with the knowledge that we have of knowing that our suffering because of who Jesus is and because he walked up out of the grave, it never has the final word. It's not the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, healing is coming. And and so I'm I'm really grateful to have experienced that personally and then to kind of lean into that like on a global level of sorrow and suffering to know that it doesn't have the final word and we can face our worst fears because there is a current of love that, that, that meets us. Even when our worst nightmare happens, God is present even then. And, and he is in the business of healing and redeeming things. And then we get to be invited to be molecules that join up with that river, with that current of love and, and flow to deserts like, like streams in the wasteland. That, that bring refreshment and life and hope and love into other people's lives and stories. And um, I think that is a beautiful invitation as well. Uh, but I think if we can breathe through the fear, breathing through the fear has been really important to me. And then you realize, okay, this, this actually isn't going to, this thing that I was afraid of is not going to kill me. <laughs> um, oh, man. And, Elliot. And even if it does, even if my biggest fear that that's losing my life, there's death is undone in the gospel story. Uh-huh. And so, um, it, and that doesn't mean that we don't grieve here or lament here. That's, I think, a really important part of the process is what I've learned this last year. Uh-huh. Uh, but like the scriptures say, we don't grieve without hope. I'm deeply grateful for that. Amen. Oh, the latest album is called Canyon. The latest single, I Don't Want to Miss It. Uh, the album coming June 25th, Ellie Holcomb, the outstanding recording artist, best-selling author with us today. It is always such a treat to talk with you, Ellie. Thank you so much for your time. It's a joy to talk with you too, Ryan. I'm grateful for who you are and this beautiful ministry you have here. And I'm honored to link arms with you today grateful that even in the midst of a deeper sorrow we have a higher hope thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of faith radios on the road for more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes look for on the road when you visit myfaithradio.com